As we move forward now in our study of Philippians into chapter 3, all I want to do in this first session in chapter 3, verse 1, is show you how I go about meditating on a phrase like this, which is so basic to the meaning of Philippians. There's joy everywhere in this book. So I want to linger over this, how I meditate on it, how I prepare to preach on it, how I prepare to teach on it, how I prepare to lead a discussion on it. So what do you do when you see something like, finally, my brothers, rejoice in the Lord. To write the same things to you is no trouble for me and is safe for you. And of course, the first thing you want to do after you have identified the word you want to understand and the phrase you want to understand in relation to it, what does it mean to rejoice in the Lord? You look in the immediate context and you say, well, he's going he's gonna to write some of the same things that he's already said, which clearly are going to be designed as they already have been to support that joy. And they're going to be no trouble for him. He loves to talk about joy and they're going to be safe for them. It's a wonderfully safe position over against your enemies when you have deep joy in the Lord rather than suspicion of the Lord. You notice those kinds of immediate contextual clues, but still you wonder, what does in the Lord mean, rejoice in the Lord. So what I do is look up all the places where joy or rejoice or glad occurs in Philippians and see whether or not all those uses shed light on what it means to rejoice in the Lord. So let me show you just briefly from my Bible program how I do that. Now, I don't expect that all of you use a computer program, but I do, and I use Logos. I find it very helpful. There are numerous others that are very good. So here's what I do. I, don't, this, I, I know this looks very complicated to you and doesn't make any sense at all, but right here is my search. And so I'm going to tell it, search the, all the Bible text in Philippians, in the English Standard Version. What do I want it to search for? I'm going to type in um, joy... And I'm going to put a little asterisk, asterisk so it will include joys. Or I'd like it to find rejoice and a little, little asterisk to find rejoicing and rejoices. Or um, any form of glad, gladness, and so on. So those are the, I wanted to find all of those. So I type that in and then I hit my little go button here. And lo and behold... It lists for me 16 instances of those words in 12 verses. And then I just go through and read them. I'll read them in, the, in English. I'll read them in the Greek. And I try to find out, are there uses throughout the whole book? Look at all those uses of, of joy. Will they shed light on what this phrase means? I think that's one of the most fruitful and safe ways to go about answering the question. The question, what does rejoice in the Lord mean? So I'm just going to walk with you through the results of that search. So here we go. And you try to think of all the various meanings rejoice in the Lord might have. Because the question is not, it's not simple, right? It might in the Lord, rejoicing in the Lord might mean that the, the Lord is the object of our joy, right? That is, he's what makes us happy. 
Or it might mean we are rejoicing in the Lord about something else. And he's the, he's the basis of it. He's the source of it. We might rejoice in other believers in the Lord. Well, let's see. Chapter 1, 4, and 5. Always in every prayer of mine for you all, making my prayer with joy because of your partnership in the gospel from the first day until now. So here's, here's joy because of their sharing in the gospel. Chapter 1, verse 18. What then? Only that in every way, whether in pretense or in truth, Christ is proclaimed, and in that I rejoice. So wherever Christ is proclaimed, Paul's joy is abounding. So you can see rejoicing in the Lord doesn't mean the Lord himself is the only object of the joy. It's right to, procl- to rejoice that Christ is proclaimed. Philippians 125, convinced of this, I know that I will remain and continue with you all for your progress and joy of faith so that in me you may have ample cause to glory in Christ Jesus because of my coming to you again. And so here, joy is coming from faith probably, or faith is almost identical with joy, or at least let's say Joy is a, a component of faith, or the other way around. They are so bound up together that where there is faith, there is joy. Chapter 2, verse 1, So if there's any encouragement in Christ, any comfort from love, any participation in the Spirit, any affection and sympathy, complete my joy by being of the same mind, having the same love, being in full accord and of one mind. Obviously, joy is flowing from their unity of love, right? So it's Paul is rejoicing in their unity of love. Philippians 2.17, even if I am to be poured out as a drink offering, that means die, on the, on the sacrificial offering of your faith, I am glad. So I'm glad that I might have to give my life if your faith would be advanced by it. And I rejoice with you all if my life could be poured out for your faith. And likewise, you should be glad and rejoice with me as I die to build your faith. Wow. This means just enormous implications for what it means to rejoice in the Lord as you ponder texts like these walking through the book. Or chapter 2, 28. I am the more eager to send him Epaphroditus, therefore, that you may rejoice at seeing him again, and that I may be less anxious, that you may rejoice at seeing him. It's going to make them happy to see Epaphroditus again. So receive him in the Lord with all joy. Don't let him show up and you show no happiness. That would not honor him. Honor such men. For he nearly died for the work of Christ. This is the kind of man risking his life to complete what was lacking in your service to me. So rejoice in such people. Honor such men. Let your joy abound in people who risk their life for ministry. Chapter 4, verse 1. Therefore, my brothers, whom I love and long for, my joy. So the brothers themselves are the joy and crown. Stand firm thus in the Lord, my beloved. When you love somebody and their life is your life, it's 
fair to say they are a constituent part of your joy. These brothers, these family members in Christ are his joy. Chapter 4, verse 3. Yes, I ask you also, true companion, to help these women who have labored side by side with me in the gospel together with Clement and the rest of my fellow workers whose names are in the book of life. Rejoice in the Lord. Same phrase. And again, I will say rejoice. Now, when I read this, what, what triggered in my mind, wondering, does he have any particular ground besides the Lord himself as what elicits this joy? He had just said, your names are in the book of life. Does that ring any bells for you from the gospel of Luke, the words of Jesus? What about this? Luke 10, 20. Nevertheless, I do not rejoice in this, that the spirits do not rejoice in this, that the spirits are subject to you, but rejoice that your names are written in heaven. Your names are written in heaven. That's Luke 10, 20 and Philippians 4, 4. Their names are in the book of life. Rejoice in the Lord. In other words, rejoice that the Lord has made you secure by putting your names in the eternal book of life. Chapter 4, verse 10. I rejoiced in the Lord greatly that now at length you have revived your concern for me. You were indeed concerned, but you had no opportunity. So he's rejoicing in the Lord... Now, this is really interesting. In the Lord that they have shown financial concern for him and sent him money and help by Epaphroditus. So it's not a contradiction to say, I'm rejoicing in the Lord and I'm rejoicing in your concern for me. Because what prompted me to rejoice in the Lord was your renewed concern for me. So in the Lord doesn't just mean the Lord is the object. He is, but he's not only. It's also his, his gifts and, and work that we delight in. Let me summarize it. So here I'm, I'm listing them all with just a summary statement about what the joy was in. He rejoiced in their participation in the gospel. He rejoiced that Christ was proclaimed. He rejoiced in their unity of love. He rejoiced in their faith. Paul's faith sustaining death, they are to rejoice in. They are to rejoice in Epaphroditus' risk-taking ministry. The Philippians themselves are his joy that we are secure in the book of heaven because Christ wrote our names there before the foundation of the world, that they support Paul financially in the gospel, which takes us right back to the first one. Isn't that interesting? That number, the very first one and the last one are participation in the gospel and participation in supporting the gospel. These, the least we can say is this, No one rejoices like this except 
believers. Because every one of these is related to the gospel or to Christ or to faith. And therefore, all joy is rooted in Christ, in the gospel, through faith. So how then shall we go back here to the beginning and define rejoice in the Lord? From chapter 3, verse 1. Here's what I would write. It means experience the Lord, the Lord himself, as your satisfying treasure. And, we're forced this way by all that he says, and for his sake, rejoice or enjoy all the good, indeed all the hard things that he turns for good, all the good that comes from the Lord and leads to the Lord. So I come up with that definition of what it means to rejoice in the Lord mainly by looking at all those instances throughout the book of Philippians. And I encourage you to take words and phrases, look them up in the author that you're studying, Paul in this case, in the book that you're studying, or more widely, and meditate and see what happens.